The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Wednesday morning. Happy hump day to you all out there. It is January the 12th, 2022, 7.02 on your Tucson morning. We are live here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, as Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Certainly a lot to talk about today. Um, There is plenty of local stuff to get into. I took a little dive into college basketball attendance, and if you were listening to the station and the promos, you know, you heard that my promo basically asking if Arizona suddenly has a a basketball attendance problem. Um, we'll talk about that coming up at the top of the second hour, uh, just because it's it's a pretty lengthy topic, and I think it's something that, you know, I, I put quite a bit of research into and try to put some numbers together and just trying to figure out why the perception is that, that maybe there is an attendance problem uh, at the McHale Center for men's basketball. So we'll talk about that coming up uh, later on in the show. Uh, we also have Tyler Drake on the show today as our usual 7.30 on Wednesday segment to talk Cardinals football with our Cardinals insider and certainly plenty to talk about today with Tyler as, of course, we'll kind of reset the final look at the Cardinals' regular season, the struggles at home, and how Quite possibly, they're just happy to be away from home going into the playoffs this year, uh, and they're going to be heading to uh, Los Angeles to take on the Rams this uh, this weekend. It'll be Monday night, the Monday night football game. Uh, NFL opting for the the biggest market there for Monday night football, uh, and uh, I mean that was easy to predict. Just had to pick the biggest market and find out which you know which one that was. You knew that was going to be the Monday night game, and that of course was the Arizona Los Angeles game. So we'll talk with him about that and about any kind of. You know, <clears throat> obviously the injuries and things like that that are that are coming up for uh, for uh, for the Cardinals. Anything that any news of note and stuff like that as he's out at practices and uh, and all that. So we'll get all the good scoop from uh, from Tyler on that. That comes up in <coughs> pardon me <coughs> in about twenty five minutes. Um, there was a new addition to the Arizona football program yesterday. Another big addition to the football program. We will talk about that as the Wildcats. Got themselves a new and uh, uh, very, very um, uh, highly accoladed defensive lineman from just across the way. So very uh, exciting to get him into the uh, into the program as uh, as they add a new defensive lineman, add a little more, add a little more chunk to the uh, to the Wildcats football team, which is always a good thing. Yesterday, I discussed. You know the coaching carousel in the NFL. Which team should be looking? And I, I, you know, I was really hammering on the Giants. The fact that some of these coaches had lost their jobs, and not Joe Judge, after just the the multitudes of uh, very very public issues that have become uh, part of the daily discussion when talking about New York Giants football. And so yesterday, now the headline will read that. You know, the, the, the headlines essentially will say uh, New York Giants decide to fire Coach Joe Judge after just two seasons. But I think what the headline should read is Aaron Rodgers forces New York Giants to fire Joe Judge. Now, you might be wondering just what in the hell I'm talking about. Well, 
on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. Now, Pat McAfee does a like a live podcast sports show uh, kind of thing there, and it's it's very popular. And Aaron Rodgers makes a weekly appearance on the show. He has a, he has a weekly segment uh, every Tuesday where he joins Pat McAfee on the show from you know a remote location, obviously. <clears throat> Pardon me. And they the the discussion you know they were talking about some things and this the discussion came about yesterday and they they had brought up when the New York Giants when it was you know second quarter about 5 minutes left in the second quarter they're down 3 nothing they're on their minus 4 it's third and 9 from the minus 4 and the New York Giants send out their goal line package and like their full house backfield essentially to run a quarterback sneak and Aaron Rodgers was basically mocking and laughing at Joe Judge's decision to do that. <clears throat> he said, quote, you know what would make me lose my mind almost as much as that? Uh, and, and he was going back to a, a previous topic they were talking about. He said, third and nine on the minus five. Let's go in goal line personnel and run a quarterback sneak. And everybody started laughing on the podcast, right? Pat McAfee starts laughing. Um uh, and uh, AJ Hawk, his uh, his co-host, starts starts laughing as well. And Matt uh, Aaron Rodgers looks at the camera and he says, "Call that one in, Matt, and let's see what happens." Talk about, of course, his coach uh, Matt Lafleur, saying like, "If if you dare call a play like that, it's getting I'm f- going to fire that football right across the sideline and drill you in the face with it." Rodgers then basically tipped his hat or, you know, whatever, called, you know, called on Dan Orlovsky, who, and Dan Orlovsky was, like, has been all over this call about the quarterback sneak, basically saying it's the it's the dumbest thing that he's ever seen in his entire life, and he was all over Twitter and all over ESPN and just really ripping Joe Judge for the decision to go for the quarterback sneak, rightfully so. It was stupid. Um, and so Rodgers even said, hey, you know, Orlovsky got it right, essentially. He says, that was unbelievable. The breakdown that Dan Orlovsky had on that was pretty amazing. Now, all this may seem completely harmless. However, um, about an hour and a half later, Joe Judge just suddenly got fired. It was like it just kind of came out of the blue, like literally. like It was like 90 minutes after that show aired. Uh, Joe Judge had been had been relieved of his duties. Here's here's my opinion on it. <laughs> the the New York Giants were going to go ahead and move forward with Joe Judge as their as their head coach after losing Dave Gettleman, who retired yesterday or two days ago uh, from his general manager's position there after four years. And all of a sudden, John Mara, owner and chief, you know, chief of course, president or whatever you want to call it, whatever his title may be. <clears throat> of the New York Giants, somebody walks into his office and they say, uh, hey, you might want to turn on the TV or, you know, whatever, uh, to the Pat McAfee show. They're, they're, they're talking about us on there. And John Mayer is probably like, oh, geez. Okay, so he clicks TV on, and there's Aaron Rodgers making fun of his head coach, basically saying, like, what a dope. I would never play for a guy like that. And John Mayer is thinking, I have two – first round picks in the first 10 picks of this draft coming up, which would be huge draft capital for a team like the Green Bay Packers, who may need to rebuild their team after losing a quarterback and maybe even a wide receiver. We have Daniel Jones, who, sure, we, you know, we like Danny. We like Danny Dimes here. But imagine 
having Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. And th- th- I'm not saying that, that he has been a target of the New York Giants. I don't know why he wouldn't be a target of any team that is I- even remotely in need of a quarterback. He's the greatest throw of the football I've ever seen, period. Aaron Rodgers is. So imagine John Mara, the, the, the horror in his, in his mind, uh, you know, hearing this, hearing Aaron Rodgers, someone who he may be looking to court away from the Green Bay Packers this offseason, clowning on his head coach. So immediately gets on the phone and says, we need to fire, we need to fire Joe Judge because if we're going to have any chance in hell in getting Aaron Rodgers here, we cannot have that boob as our head coach because he's on the air right now making fun of him. <laughs> we, there's just no way. And he's right. Aaron Rodgers would never come to play for Joe Judge. It's not to say that he wouldn't come play for the Giants. The New York, I mean, to be able to, to go play in New York. And, and look, Aaron Rodgers is not that guy. He's not, you know, flash and dash. Obviously, he's he's kind of changed his tune over the last few years. He's become more of like this zen hippie guy kind of thing, like, I don't know, eating dirt and stuff. I, he's a weird guy. Anyway, it's, it's that's what women do to you guys. It's just they change your minds about things. You didn't even know it, and all of a sudden you're doing things you never thought you'd be doing just because they're into it, and you're like, oh, this is perfectly normal. And your buddies are like, dude, you've changed. You're like, no, no, I'm the same guy, and then you're eating dirt. And, you know, that's <laughs> that's where Aaron Rodgers is right now. Now, not to say that he wouldn't shun New York because he doesn't want to go to play for a big media market, but if they're able to put together a good package for him, it'd be interesting to finish out his career for one of the more storied franchises in NFL history in the New York Giants. And if he can get a coach and a general manager there that he maybe has some say in and say, like, hey, let's get this guy. He's, you know, he's really good at his job, and let's get this guy. He's really good at his job, and I'll come play for you guys. And then all of a sudden, you've got – uh, you got the New York Giants working a big trade with the Green Bay Packers. They will send you our two, our two number one picks, and we'll send you, you know, I don't, I don't know, whomever, not, not Saquon Barkley, but we'll send, you know, we'll send you some, you know, one of our wide receivers, uh, and you know, and a future second rounder or something like that. And then Aaron Rodgers comes in, but you can't do that if Joe Judge is your head coach. I just found it very, uh, very convenient that Joe Judge was fired literally like 90 minutes after Aaron Rodgers said that on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. It's it's not like it just, you know, it like like there were rumors that he was going to lose his job or anything. He'd been given the vote of confidence. But Dave Gettleman retires. All of a sudden, they're in need of a GM. Now you got Aaron Rodgers, potentially, you know, a, a, a player that you're going to go after in this offseason, big-time guy that can change your program immediately change your franchise immediately, and all of a sudden he's making fun of your head coach, you got to fire that guy. That's just, it's just the way, that's just the way it is. And look, Aaron Rodgers, I don't think Aaron Rodgers will sign with the New York Giants. I would be surprised if he did because they need a hell of a lot more help than just a new head coach and Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback. Certainly Aaron Rodgers could help. Uh, You know, I would consider them a playoff contender with Aaron Rodgers just as their quarterback as it sits right now. But they need a lot more help than that. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is game for going to New York, uh, but reg- so I would be surprised if it happened. But regardless, Aaron Rodgers probably did the New York Giants a favor by going on the air yesterday, clowning on this dude, and kind of waking up John Mara and you know the the entire admin staff there in New York 
to get that guy out of that job because there were there were so many people publicly, like former players, people that played for him, people that worked for him, people that worked with him, that were just like publicly, like on Twitter and on social media and in the media, you know, talking to the media and stuff, that were just calling him a liar. They're just flat out saying he's a liar. You absolutely cannot have that. So now the Giants are in, you know, in search of their new head coach. Who that will be, I don't know. But I just know that it's been a disaster in New York for, for several seasons. For the larger part of the last decade, whether it be, uh, what was his name, Ben McAdoo, who was actually okay with the Giants when he was there, Pat Shermer was a complete disaster. He, I think he won, like, what, seven games as a head coach of the New York Giants or something like that? Like, he did, like, didn't do anything. And then you got Joe Judge, who went 10-23 and 23 in his first two seasons as head coach of the Giants. And watching them play this year, there's no doubt in my mind they were the worst team in football. Do they have the worst personnel in football? I don't think so. I don't think they have the worst roster in football. But they certainly had the worst head coach. At least at the end of the season, they did. <laughs> I don't know about Urban Meyer, but they definitely had the worst head coach at the end of the season, and they were awful. <clears throat> they were dead last in points per game. They were dead last in offensive efficiency, dead last in yards per play, dead last in touchdown drive uh, percentage, dead last in points per drive. I just, you know, he had to go anyways. So maybe Aaron Rodgers opened their eyes a little bit to something that was I don't know, patently obvious to the rest of us. In college basketball yesterday, two unbeaten teams. In fact, the last two, the remaining two unbeaten teams in college basketball lost. We'll talk about that coming up after the break. You're listening here to ESPN Tucson. It's the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. And uh, before before I get into the uh, to the college basketball stuff, we may have to put it on the back burner because we got Tyler Tyler Drake coming up in just a few minutes here to talk Cardinals football. But last night in the NBA was a lot of fun. And, look, it was a lot of fun for, for several reasons. The, you know, the Toronto Raptors and the Phoenix Suns going at it. John Morant was, again, showcasing why he should have been the number one overall pick in his draft. Um, I, listen, I know that I wasn't on the air here during that draft or leading up to it. I was all about John Morant, that guy. His ceiling was as high as his leaping ability. He hit his elbows on the on the backboard the other night going up for he's just he's ridiculous and he's becoming one of the best young players in the NBA like and I, when I say the best I, I know that everybody's like oh what are you talking about I, I, yeah like when I say one of the best young players I mean one of the three best young players in the entire league he's that good so had some fun watching the uh, watching the games last night and had even more fun on the Twitterverse afterwards because of what was going on in Toronto last night. Now, the Phoenix Suns were up north of the border. There's no fans. Canada is not allowing fans um, up there, you know, right now because of obvious reasons. Now, the Suns 
were kind of deadlocked in, in a tough game. You know, there was a couple of you know a couple of starters missing for the Raptors that we talked about before the game yesterday. Um, you know, the Suns were having some you know having some guys. They're having some difficulty getting some guys back. You know, I know uh, DeAndre Ayton only played like 28 minutes last night. Uh, wasn't hugely effective. Only had nine rebounds. I needed that extra one to fill in a parlay leg. But that's beside the point. Suns get, Suns get the dub, 99-95. It's only the fourth time the Phoenix Suns have won a game while scoring under 100 points in the last two seasons. Yeah, you heard that right. Only the fourth time they've won when scoring under 100 in the last two years. And two of those, in fact, both of them that happened last year were in the playoffs. So Suns getting 99 and still getting the win is a huge, you know, it's huge rarity for that particular team. It's a team that often scores over 100, obviously, as good as they are offensively. But Toronto tried to slow them down. But it was, it was the antics of the Toronto mascots that was kind of stealing the show last night because – First of all, there's no fans in the stands, so why are the mascots there? Like, what what point are the mascots? Like, what what service do they provide, <laughs> other than to do what they were doing last night, which is try to distract Suns players at the free throw line? So initially in the game, or you know, earlier on in the game, one of those big that I it's the worst invention ever. I hate these things so much. And I'm not a mascot hater. I like mascots for the most part. If you if you got a good one or if you got a great one, I should say, then you know, they're legendary. Like Phoenix Suns Gorilla is legendary. Love the gorilla. Um there are plenty of others out there that just absolutely suck. And the worst one of them all are those stupid inflatable ones, like those big inflatable ones that can barely walk because they got the short legs and stuff, and there's somebody inside this giant inflatable suit that's walking around this thing. And the Raptors had theirs walking around the arena last night, but there's no fans. Now, this, this mascot, this giant inflatable, giant red mascot, walking around was like walking in front of the cameras and stuff. So it was like blocking cameras, and the directors had to like quick switch camera angles to look at stuff. It was just this big, obtrusive thing. Now, it had gone and tried to distract Devin Booker at the free throw line early in the game. And Book was not having it. He's like, hey, he goes, can, you, can we do something about the mascot? And the refs are like, you got to get away from the basket. Then, with, what was it, like six seconds left in the game? It's a, it was a two- or a four-point game at the time. Devin Booker goes to the free throw line. Very big moment. And the little raptor, like the live, like the live person raptor, was kneeling behind the basket, kind of like you know, right in an area where he could be seen. And as Book goes to you know put his shot up for the first free throw, he does this like jump, like like waves his arms and his legs, and Booker goes nuts. He's like, "Get that guy out of here!" He's waving his arms, "Get him out of here." Because you can't tell, you can't kick the fans out. Fans, you know, paid for their seat. But the the mascot can't be there and be the only thing just being like this huge distraction or whatever. So the officials send the Raptor mascot over to the side, over to the corner, like put, you know, puts him in the corner. And the Raptor, the, the funny thing was, is the cameras caught the Raptor mascot just like kneeling there, like kneeling, just staring and watching. And Twitterverse just... They they took it and they ran with it last night and it was so much fun. I was watching uh, watching the the Nuggets and Clippers game with a buddy and just having a grand old time on Twitter, also on FanDuel Sportsbook. As 
I got to be honest with you. Last night was some was some fun on FanDuel. Now, if you're missing football on Thursdays, you can still turn every Thursday into payday with the NBA on TNT on FanDuel Sportsbook. It doesn't matter whether you win or lose because FanDuel is giving all customers $10 back every Thursday. All you have to do is bet a $10 SGP with the same game parlay on any NBA on TNT game. So in the TNT on Thursdays, bet any game, a $10 SGP, and you're going to get $10 back. Same game parlays let you combine money line, point spread, player props, all those things. You'll see the little like the little logo there for the SGPs. Now, last night, I was having a good old time. Went on FanDuel Sportsbook and was just kind of playing around as we're watching the Denver Nuggets LA Clippers game. And we're laughing about things that are going on at Twitter. And I see that the Clippers are down twenty four in the third quarter. It's like midway, early midway through the third quarter. Clippers are down. 24 points. Denver's just running them out the building. And you can, you can bet live on FanDuel Sportsbook. So I jumped right in on the fast lane, like I like to call it, and I put a fun, just a fun little $5 bet on the Clippers to come back and win the game at plus 2,600. Well, the Clippers won the game last night, and I was able to walk up a really nice ticket to the old uh, virtual ticket booth and cash that one in. And that's just some of the fun that you can have on FanDuel, like I had last night with my buddies. We were having a great old time. They thought I was stupid. I was like, it's five bucks. Who cares? And, of course, some of the industry-leading features that are on the FanDuel app, it's easy to use with an easy deposit system. Uh, It's easy to register everything. They have tons of odds boosts and specials. Took advantage of one of those yesterday. They got an odds boost on that Phoenix Suns win. Um, And then live betting, like I said. it It was a blast sitting there cheering on the Clippers to come back and win that game. And when you win, and I did, and I got paid back in about four minutes, not even kidding, about four minutes after that game ended, that money was in my account. So get $10 back every Thursday, win or lose, with TNT Thursdays. And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, just sign up with my promo code DEAN to get your first risk-free bet up to $1,000 to make every moment more this NBA season exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 and over and present in Arizona. Bonus is issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Expires in seven days. Max bonus $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, we're going to talk some Cardinal football with our Cardinals insider, Tyler Drake of Arizona Sports, next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back. ESPN Tucson, Jeff Dean Show here on this Wednesday. It is 730, which means it is time to talk some Cardinal football as we do every week. With our Cardinals insider from Arizona Sports, he is Tyler Drake, and he joins us right now on the show. Tyler, good morning. Welcome. How are you today, sir? Hey, hey, what's going on? It feels like I haven't talked to you in a while. So, yeah, well, uh, you, you know, it's, <laughs> thank you. It's, it's, it's what happens when you get, you know, can, can consistently get sick, and uh, every little allergy turns into a virus, and then that virus turns into bacteria, and, you know, it's just a wonderful little uh, circle of happiness here. Yeah, yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> Hey, before we get into to the to the Cardinal talk, I was just talking about how annoying the uh, the Toronto Raptors mascot was last night. Of course, Devin Booker found out, you know, found the same way, and then the Twitterverse just kind of went with it. It was hilarious last night, and it got me thinking. I was as I was, you know, having some coffee this morning, just kind of prepping for the show, and I was like, 
God, I wish they could do that to a couple other mascots that I really hate. Is there is there like a mascot that you grew up around or that you you seem to notice in a very negative way, like your most annoying, most hated mascot in sports? It's really random, but I think uh, going back to when I was a kid, the Golden State Warrior guy, he just, for really? some reason, just rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> okay, now I'm trying to remember what the um... – what the what the the Golden State Warriors mascot even is? Which one is that? So it's literally it literally looked like their old school logo of just like that lightning. Bolt. Oh yeah, like, that like guy. Lightning bolt on his head. Yes. Kind of yeah, like that guy. I don't know what. I mean, that guy must have drank like seven Red Bulls before every game and could sprint up and down the stairs. But he just seemed like just one of the most. He had to be one of the most annoying guys to work with. Yeah. <laughs> He looked like like that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, The Running Man. He looked like a character from that movie. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> See, for me, for me, it's that stupid purple rhinestone. It's another dinosaur. That stupid purple rhinestone dinosaur in Colorado, Dinger. That Triceratops. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Because I swear they let him stand right behind the catcher. Every time the opposing pitcher is on the you know, when the when the opposing team is on the field, and he sits there and he's making all kinds of movements and stuff while the pitcher's trying to throw the baseball. I'm like, if I was a pitcher, I'd be like, get him the hell out of here. He's by far the most annoying to me. <laughs> I can't stand that That's stupid thing. It's another dinosaur. And I'll tell you what, that I never yeah. know. The funny thing is, I never noticed the Raptors mascot because I've never been to a Toronto game before, and you don't really notice them a whole lot. When you're watching them on TV, I don't get to watch a lot of Raptors basketball. But I certainly noticed him last night. <laughs> yeah, the, I think the funniest part with Toronto, too, is they've got that big inflatable one. And oh that, my one God. that one always makes me laugh. <laughs> the thing's huge. It was blocking cameras last night. <laughs> it was insane. The, yeah, just insane. Like, hey, what a weird broadcast. Block people. <laughs> It's just silly. I mean, it, it makes it honestly. It's like it like gives a bad name to the really great mascots, right? I mean, like the feet. I just mentioned the Phoenix Suns gorilla. He's a great one. Benny the Bull in Chicago. He's fantastic. You know, I mean, there's some really good ones out there too. Getting a bad name from these jokers. Yeah, you got to give you got to give some props to Slamson the Lion out in Sacramento too. He's been there a while. <laughs> Slamson the Lion. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. Your 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 Kings reference already. Just three minutes into the interview, you're already talking about your Sacramento Kings. That's all right. No, nobody else is, so that's all right. That's fine. All right. Let's talk, let's talk some Cardinal football because that's what we actually bring you on here to talk about. Uh, and it's not like we don't have a shortage of things to discuss for the Arizona Cardinals. Let's begin first with a reset, just a quick reset of what we saw from the team out of the uh, the game versus Seattle at home. Seattle and Rashad Penny just, I mean, ripping off what seemed like 9, 10, 11 yards every time he touched the football. Nine plays of 20 yards or more. Is that a concern right now, or was that kind of an outlier for the Cardinals? Uh, You know, I I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's a concern there, obviously, but also you've got to take into account they're playing with out two cornerbacks, one being Marco, another one being uh, Kevin Peterson, who was coming in for Marco. So they had to turn to uh, Breon Borders, who he just got picked on left and right by Russell. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's still a concern. You know, you never want to, you never want to give up that many plays. And, and like you said, yeah, nine plays of at least twenty, and uh, just, I mean, that's always going to kill a team, no matter what. A defense is never going to have that momentum or anything like that if they're just going to have one of these 
just 20 yarders just get ripped off left and right. And then, I mean, all the winds out of their sails at that point. So it was, you know, that, that was the biggest thing. And, and Cliff, I think said it best. They just, the, Seattle wanted it more. And it's crazy to think that the season finale, I mean, they could have won that game and, and gotten off on a great note getting into the postseason, but instead they dropped to the Seahawks who are not even making the playoffs. It's just a little, little bizarre. <laughs> What's, what would you say the mentality, the, the emotion level of that football team is right now? I think they're trying to turn that page. I think they're, they're, trying to tell themselves, you know, this is, a, this is a new start. This is a new season, the new tournament. We've got to flip it up. And, and, but the thing, the thing that they've all said, you know, what is, they've always said, though, is, is, you know, the sense of urgency is definitely kicked up even more. If you, can't get, if you can't get that way for the postseason, there's something wrong. That's what Zachard said this last uh, – after the game. So, uh, definitely, I think they're ready to turn the page, ready to get that bad taste out of their mouth, and, and hopefully they can get on that that uh, trajectory back up because to be honest I thought going into Seattle after their win against Dallas they were going to kind of start kind of going back upwards and and now after that loss I don't know it's it's really up in the air and so it's just uh I can't really put a pulse on them but also I can't really put a pulse on anybody right now I can't put a pulse (laughs) on the Niners can't put a pulse on the Rams can't put a pulse on the Cardinals it's just everybody's just up and down right now it's it's crazy even Tampa Bay is a little shaky it's just going to be a really interesting playoff yeah I mean it really really will be and I I think it's it's one of those situations where you're looking at the the NFC and everybody's kind of looking at the Packers because they had such a successful you know successful regular season everybody's kind of trying to find a way to match up with them but then there's these other teams out there that just, you know, they got to worry more about themselves than they do about the other team across the way. And the, I think the Arizona Cardinals are one of those teams. Now, like, you know, I, I look at the Cardinals, and I think they're the fourth oldest team as far as, uh, as, far as playing experience goes in the NFL this year, third or fourth oldest team in the NFL. But as far as playoff experience goes, it's almost like they've invested in, in older players that have not been on good football teams and I think that could end up being a problem for this team. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I can see that too, definitely. I mean, uh, as much as uh, A.J. Green made the playoffs to begin his uh, career, they didn't really get out past the first round. No. So uh, I, that's, a, that's, a rough, that's a rough one to, uh, to think about there to begin with. But, you know, I don't know. The J.J. Watt edition, I think, big just because I don't really think he needs a ton of playoff experience to really make an impact on this team. I think he's been in big enough games to where he knows, you know, this is the expectation. This is, this is what we play for. And uh, I will see if he gets out there this week. The rumor is that he is, but uh, I think a lot of it is, uh, you know, Chandler Jones though. That's, that's an example of a guy who's who's been all the way. And he said it a couple of weeks ago that they had a meeting and, and asked a lot of guys, like, have you ever been to the playoffs? And, one and like a couple hands, he said a couple hands went up, but outside of that, it's it's pretty much uh, nobody. So uh, the, he's just saying, embrace the moment, embrace the and Cliff said it yesterday, embrace the challenge of getting to the playoffs and being in the playoffs and now preparing for a really difficult Rams team that they've already played twice and and it's always tough to play a team that you've already played from uh, from the head from what the head coach said. So. You know they split the season series with the Rams. Of course, they won they won the game on the road, lost the game at home. What were the similarities in those two games? If if you can if you can remember any, if you can think of any similarities, things that that, that seem to be maybe a trend looking into part three of Cardinals Rams. 
So the, what I did, I, what I did the other day is I was looking at their week four win and just kind of seeing what formula worked well there. And it really boiled down to a couple things. It, it came down to James Conner and uh, Chase Edmonds just being healthy and running together. I think they had, uh, man, they had almost 200 yards on the ground. They had 170 on the ground. Yeah. And Edmonds rushed 12 times. Conner rushed 18 times. They had a great just were able to bounce off each other. And then you got Kyler rushing six times for 39 yards. I mean, those coming at you right there, that's how you want to start the game for sure. But the, the other thing is is uh, they, they were able to keep drives alive. I mean, their third down efficiency, they're averaging 35.2%. But against L.A. that in week four, they were 8 of 13, 62%. So that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big margin there that they've got, to, they've got to figure out. If they can keep those drives alive, they can keep the ball out of Stafford's hands, which who knows, that might be a bad thing because he's been turning it over left and right. And then uh, another thing is they were limiting the Rams to only – three plays of at least 20 yards. And we saw in Seattle, giving up those big plays means not good things. So uh, I thought that was a big thing. And they also got two turnovers from, uh, from Stafford. And yeah. I think it was Sony Michelle. So those are kind of the things that stood out to me in week four. They've got to do those things. And also, I mean, week 14, they played really bad football. Yeah. And they only lost by a touchdown. So it, it, for as much as everybody wants to dog them for their loss against the Rams, they, they really almost came back and won in probably one of their worst games of this season up until that Detroit game. You know, you mentioned the third down efficiency of the Cardinals this year, and it, it was bad. It was, you know, the lower half of the league in their third down conversion rate. What do you think? What do you think the reasoning for that was? Are they are they getting behind behind schedule on first down? Are they unable to to do things on first down, whether it's second and long, and then trying to kind of make up? Is it a situation where they're unable to convert third and shorts because they can't get the push, or like we've seen in several occasions, it's been third and two, then immediately a third and seven because of a false start penalty? Exactly. I think it's mostly that last part that you okay. said. That was the first thing I was going to say right there. I think they're shooting themselves in the foot is just. That's the name of the game right now, and, and I don't know. It's, it's, it's bizarre to see. I think they did a little bit better this last game, but, I mean, the result was a loss, so can't really take too much from it. But I think for sure those just those momentum stoppers, those dumb, you know, uh, legal motion or, or false start or, or holding or, or anything like that, it's just I think that's been the biggest uh, issue for those guys. Talking with Tyler Drake from Arizona Sports. He's our Cardinals insider. You can follow him on Twitter at TDrake4Sports. Looking ahead to Monday night's matchup against the the Rams, the 4-5 matchup in the NFC uh, side of the postseason there, the Cardinals' health situation. I know James Conner got injured, had a rib injury in the game against the Seahawks. You talked about Marco Wilson and the cornerback situation. What is What is their current health situation at Arizona? Uh, so they're hoping that uh, well, James Conner was still being evaluated as of uh, Monday from Cliff. Uh, they, they wanted to see how it's going to shake out the next couple days, but uh, not a real big update there. That was with his uh, obviously he got injured with his ribs, and then uh, he's hopeful that Marco and uh, Kevin Peterson can contribute in some form throughout the week this week uh, and eventually feel good to play. And they're also hoping that they could get uh, recent, recently signed Bashad Breland out mm. there and maybe getting him some reps to see if he could uh, potentially help them out come Monday night. So a couple things to watch there. And then obviously, you know, uh, the report yesterday, I think it was uh, Jeremy Fowler said uh, J.J. Watt could potentially is 
planning to practice uh, Thursday. So we shall see in the morning on Thursday if that's the case. And that'll be, if anything, it'll be a huge boost just for their morale, I think. How did the Cardinals do against Cooper Cup in their previous two matchups? Just out of uh, they did great against them in that week four. Yeah, they, uh, I think they only held them to like sixty yards. Yeah, that was his only like sub eighty yard game of the year, I think. Yeah. Yep. And but then in uh, <laughs> week fourteen, yeah, it, was, uh, it was. Yeah. It, it wasn't the it wasn't the same result. I think he had uh, he had thirteen catches, one hundred and twenty three yards, and a touchdown. He had fifteen targets. So yeah, just I, the dude is a mad, madman. He is a madman. It's just, well, just uh, it's it's hard. It's hard for any team to cover that guy. He's a, he's a difficult matchup because if you put a speedy corner on him, he pulls up short. If you put a linebacker on him, he goes deep. He's just he, he's he's a really difficult matchup. And he and he and Stafford are, are just completely on the same page right now, which is tough. Which, you know, and and you've got Odell Beckham now, and those two are starting to hook up. He's starting to make some some yards out of it too. So really, a, you know, a two headed monster now for for uh, for the, the Rams. And then of course, anytime you get in the red zone, you got to worry about their tight ends because McVay loves to throw the ball to the tight ends down there. Oh yeah, and you got to worry about Van Jefferson, who is uh, the yeah. Cardinals' wide receiver coach. Uh, his kid, Sean yeah. Jefferson, uh, his kid. Yeah, so he's been he's been stepping up too. I thought so, uh, and he actually had a touchdown the last game they played as well. So all three of those guys scored against the Cardinals in that win. So it's 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 obvious it's obvious where they want to go with the football. They want to go through the air, and uh, they want to keep pushing it. But also, you got to also look out for Cam Akers because I believe he's coming. He should yep, be he is. getting some more touches too. So. It's it's going to be a test for sure. All right, let's get a prediction from you, Tyler, before we let you go, and then we'll we'll continue to talk Cardinals, win or lose. We'll talk Cardinals over the next few weeks because there's still plenty to discuss because of coaching, you know, changes and things like that that are going to be happening. There are suitors out there that are calling already for some of the uh, some of the assistants that are on the football team, but we'll wait until the season is over before we worry about any of that. But what do you think is going to happen once the dust settles on Monday night at SoFi Stadium? What do you believe the outcome will be? So, uh, yeah, we actually wrote a piece about this on the website a uh, couple days ago and, and put it down 33-30. I think the Cardinals are going to figure it out. They're going to get Stafford to throw a pick, maybe get a fumble. I think we need to see a lot from Byron Murphy and a lot from Chandler Jones, but I think there's enough there to where the Cardinals can – contend and eventually take that lead it might come down to a last second field goal from Prater I mean how how ironic would that be if they did it with them after all all the struggles they've had with kickers over the last couple seasons so uh, I think Cardinals barely squeak by I I know that's a little might be a little more optimistic than most people would think but I I think I think they're they're gonna be poised to to go to LA and get a W no I mean listen I I don't think it's it's far-fetched at all and I, I think there are other uh, you know, national media members and things like that, people that cover the sport that are also on board with you because not only of the success that the Cardinals have had all season long playing on the road, it just seems to be their identity. Like, we're going to go on the road, we're going to be road warriors, and we're going to win games away from home. But also, you know, the Rams almost have – it's almost like they have – of the teams in the in the in the, the playoffs right now, they have potentially the highest ceiling of any of the 14 teams and potentially the lowest floor of any of the 14 teams. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a great way to put it, I think for sure. And I also I think that's I think we can put that with the Niners too to be honest. Because I think the Niners are are a team that could be really dangerous, but like the Cardinals, they love to shoot themselves in the foot. So yeah. it's it's going to be 
interesting to watch these playoffs unfold. I think we're in for a really, really, really fun uh, postseason, regardless of who wins. I just think the games are going to be solid. Well, let's hope so. And a th- look, a thirty-three thirty game, I'll take that. A Monday night football that is that's that would be a lot of a, fu- a lot of fun to watch and uh, great for the fans. And and I think regardless, they're going to be regardless of what happens Monday night, there will be two NFC West teams advancing into the second round of the playoffs. So, but uh, we'll we'll save that uh, smack talk for a little bit later. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tyler. Great as always, man. We appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Enjoy this weekend of football. Keep up the great work on the Arizona Sports website, uh, talking Cardinals, and, of course, all the great work that you do, uh, getting the information out there on Twitter as you're attending the practices as best you can, at least as much as they're allowing. You can follow Tyler at TDrake4Sports to uh, get all your Cardinals information. Tyler, enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you next week, brother. Awesome. Sounds good. Have a good one, man. All right. That's Tyler Drake right there of Arizona Sports. You can go to ArizonaSports.com to check out his articles on the Arizona Cardinals. Also follow him on Twitter at TDrake4Sports, and we'll forgive him for being a Sacramento Kings fan. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, still a whole lot more to get into, including a new addition to Arizona football, a look ahead at some college basketball coming up for the Wildcats this weekend, and the final two unbeatens in men's basketball are no more. All that and more coming up right here on the Jeff Dean Show. Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to Jeff Dean Show here. And uh, just a short little segment before we head over to hour number two. Coming up at the, uh, the top of the 8 o'clock hour, we'll get into... The thought that, you know, does Arizona have an attendance problem? Arizona basketball have an attendance problem. We'll talk about that coming up after the uh, after the break at the top of the hour. The last two unbeatens in college basketball lost yesterday on the same day. It's only the fourth time in the last 40 years that the last remaining unbeaten teams both lost, or all, I guess I should say all lost, not always both, uh, but all lost on the, the same day, which is kind of interesting, as uh, USC lost their game at Stanford early in the day, um, you know, in a game that was, you know, scheduled for pretty early in the morning, to be honest with you. I was like, wow, it's, uh, it's kind of early to be playing some basketball. But nonetheless, uh, number five ranked team in the country, USC, goes into Stanford. They had a one-point lead at halftime. And then Harrison Ingram, they're, uh, the star freshman there for the Cardinal, just took over the game. He finished with 21 points, 10 rebounds, and uh, kind of – had to fight off Isaiah Mobley, who had himself a nice game as well. Like he always does, 16.7 rebounds, 5 assists for Mobley, but it wasn't enough as the now 13-1 and USC Trojans get their first loss of the season. And then later in the evening was an exciting game down in Waco, Texas, as the number one Bears of Baylor, 15-0 and coming into their game against Texas Tech. The 19th-ranked Red Raiders come out with the victory. They had a... Uh, 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 a lead uh, at halftime did Baylor. It was 31, like 26, I think, at halftime, something like that. And then Texas Tech just, I mean, really just kind of took it to Baylor in the second half, played a great, uh, you know, a great movement, the ball movement type of offense. That was a really physical game. I was watching some of it and got to see quite a few, quite a few of the highlights uh, from that game. That was a very, very physical basketball game. 
and then I looked at the uh, the box score to see how many free throws shot. I'm like, oh man, I must have been living at the free throw line with all that physicality going on. No, no, there were 20 free throws total in the game. The uh, Red Raiders were five of seven from uh, for the free throw line, and the Baylor, uh, Baylor Bears were eight of 13. So. Big 12 just letting them play out there. No blood, no foul, apparently, which is fine. You know, if, if you're going to be – I just want official, officiating to be consistent. Like, you know, maybe in the Big 12 – and I actually saw a, an article on this. I didn't get a chance to read, get a read it. I sent, sent it to myself, whatever, so I could read it later. But uh, free throws are down. Like, foul calls are down this year uh, over previous years, and they're trying to figure out what, you know, what the reasoning for that is, why there's fewer fouls being called. I just want it to be consistent. Like, I hate that – you can get one officiating crew on a night and they're not going to call this call and then two nights later you get a different crew and they are all over the place in calling offensive fouls or whatever. It's just more consistency is all we need. It doesn't matter if they're wrong or right. If they're consistent about it then we know what to expect and that's the most important thing. So no more unbeatens. Arizona now one of seven teams in the country with only one loss. It's a good place to be for the Wildcats as they get ready to take on Colorado. Thursday night at the McHale Center. Quick timeout, just a two-minute turnaround to the top of the hour when we return. Does Arizona basketball have an attendance problem? I'll tell you why or why not. Also, some Arizona football news. Stay tuned for hour number two right here on the Jeff Dean Show. It's ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson. KWCX Tank of Verde. KMXZ HD4 Tucson.